Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. And thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Clive. I had said that we would be joined by Ricky for his triumphant return this week. He will make his return tonight. He's going to do a run-in of some sorts in the very near future, but he's otherwise engaged. However, I do not want to keep my guest waiting much longer. Before I introduce the guest, there's a... Uh, the way that the Rick and Clive Wrestling Show has went over the last few months, it's there's been questions about where we stand in terms of our priorities and our preferences and our bias with a certain other company coming along and um, doing their stuff, planting the flags and stuff. So I thought it would be time for a new intro for the Rick and Clive Wrestling Show going forward just to show where we stand. Uh, and it's been debuted tonight, so without further ado... Presenting to you the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Oh, oh I ruined it. Hold on. Where is it? It's disappeared, everyone. The magic of podcasting. Oh, no, it's gone. I'm not even going to edit this out. Please don't, because this is, this is gold. By the way... Ah. In, in case you hadn't realised, Rance Morris from Cheershot Radio, welcome, to, welcome. What's good, man? By the way, I'm not a guest no more, bro. Like, I got a room in the house now. You are the friend on the t-shirt. I, I like to think that, yes. Speaking of t-shirts, straight out to Cathy67, who during this week's Daniel Bryan promo was spotted in the crowd wearing a Ricky and Clive shirt, so good, good girl there, thank you very much. I'm just trying to buy time because I've I've botched this big time and it's going to have no effect whatsoever. That's okay. I, look, I, I maybe I, it's because I'm an instrument of chaos. Like this is hilarious to me. Oh, oh I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're laughing. <laughs> now, you ready? The, the brand new intro finally here. Oh my god! It's. If you guys could see his face right now. <laughs> oh, I beg that you don't cut this. I beg. Like, let's get 15 minutes of this and see how loyal everybody is. By this time, <laughs> by this time Ricky will have arrived. Oh, my goodness. Oh, now you know how I feel when I have my computer problems. 
This is just food. So, so those of you listening, the people, whenever you don't get an edge, nine times out of ten is because my computer conked out on me. So there you go. Well, I'll blame my phone on this one, but it's ready. I think. Right, please work. Please work. been wanting to do that for months so that means you, you are for ring of honor right we are official, an official <laughs> ring of honor podcast <laughs> so the show's gonna be 15 minutes <laughs> yep well that the the somewhat comedic effect of that just died about three minutes ago Hey, I, that is the most epic opening of the Ricky and Clive, or until he shows up, the Rance and Clive wrestling show, I think we've ever heard. So, hey, there you go. Yeah. So, how are you tonight, Ray Cash? You've had a busy week over in Cheershot. Yeah, man, I'm doing dailies. Uh, I said I, I'm on vacation from work, but apparently I'm not on vacation from my other work, which is podcasting. Um, so yeah, I'm doing dailies and chair shot. I've been co-hosting other shows. I have this show. I still got my shows. So yeah, it's a lot going on, but it's been a hell of a week of wrestling. It's been worth it. It has been quite a week of wrestling, and we'll talk about the meat of it all with Ricky when he comes on. It shouldn't be too much longer. Uh, his car has just arrived in the outside the arena, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> oh snap! Did he get the slow motion? <laughs> It was a limo. Was your pull up? Uh-huh. And it was a limo as well, and Sarah Schreiber's looking for him as we speak. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, so we'll talk about NXT TakeOver Toronto, we'll talk about SummerSlam, but for the next couple of minutes, Rance and I have been avid fans of a certain Australian wrestler over the last year and change, basically. Uh, made a name for himself in 205 Live as the best kept secret, and then the juggernaut. And he had remained a secret on SmackDown Live for many months until he was, how would you say? Thrust, thrust. into the spot. Uh, <laughs> the spotlight has been shown on him and it's a thousand watt bulb. And he's ginger, so that might burn quite quickly. Good point. We're talking about Buddy Murphy, who has not been implicated, but has implicated Eric Rowan in the Who Done It with Roman Reigns. As a result, he had a match with Roman Reigns this week, and Rance and I were terribly, terribly excited about this one. Oh, man. And I would say it delivered in spades. Um, when match happens on TV, not a lot of pay-per-view matches, or just like a TV match happens, and it's trending on Twitter the next day, mm-hmm. like you know, like something happened there. That was a moment. Um, that was a real moment. Because, number one, there's still this crazy subsection out here that believes Roman can't work, um, which is ridiculous in its own right. And then, two, you know, you're 205 Clive. I'm the dude that watches everything in WWE. So we knew I've been singing Murphy's praises since he was languishing in NXT. You've been singing them since he got called 205. So we've been on this bandwagon for a while now. But a lot of people don't even don't even know who he is. 
Um, so his first kind of entrance to a massive crowd after getting, you know, the tar beat out of him by Roman Reigns <laughs> backstage uh-huh. was this man out here working a 13 minute masterpiece. So, yeah, I it's I, I felt like a proud father watching that shit. He's older than me, but I felt like no, no he's like, I'm older than him, but I still felt like a proud father. See, it felt special might be a strong word, but it's not every day that Roman Reigns just wrestles a random. But this wasn't a random, though. I know his spot on the card is, but the story made sense. Mm -hmm. Like, this match could have been on SummerSlam. Nobody would have batted an eye. At the time of recording, that has had 1.4 million views on YouTube. That's amazing. So that's a big spotlight for him. Becky Lynch promos don't get a million views. Shelton Benjamin calls Chad Gable short, got 54,000 views. I'm shocked he got that many. <laughs> so am I. And it looks like Daniel Bryan is going to have a match. at some. I know you've got Buddy Murphy in the King of the Ring tournament, which we'll talk about at some point in the future. Um, but Daniel Bryan was literally, literally right in Buddy Murphy's face this week where Buddy Murphy says that it wasn't actually Rowan and he lied about it. Do you have any ideas who you think it will be? And do you think it was actually Buddy Murphy? Well, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna remind you of, of a text conversation we had right after this happened. Mm-hmm. And just so we, for those of you who don't know, friends. Say that again. But, uh, you cut out there. Sorry. Yeah, I saw. I'm sorry. Um, for those of you who don't know, we have a big text group between a bunch of our friends. But me and me and Brian text a lot often, just between me and him. And I told him, "Dog, it's Buddy Murphy," and he was like, "Don't get me excited. Don't do that to me. Don't give me hope." Uh-huh. If it turns out that Buddy really did this, that like talk about the push for a lifetime. I know. And, or thing. it still could be Joe. Like it. I'm hoping it's Rollins. But that won't be. That, there's no way that can be told for like another two, three months. Yeah, if it, I don't see it being Rollins because it seems like he's got something going on with Braun Strowman right now. Um, so we're led to believe that the the culprit will be revealed next week by Daniel Bryan, who has cut a very sleazy and manic figure this week. Both at the see the kickoff show he's sort of rocking back and forth watching the TV screen and then he's got this slicked down hair he looked horrendous this week he looked ill <laughs> he he looks like and forgive my morbidity um, I believe that's a word maybe not over there in Scotland but I think it's a word um, but he looks he is making himself look like a mixture of Kurt Cobain and David Koresh oh, and yep. think about it think of those two figures and, and their cult-like appeal and mix it together and like his eyes are bulging out and it almost looks like he's skinnier at the neck and he's in great shape he's fine but this is how tremendous of a performer this dude is um and he is he's 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 killing it so much to the point where it he's almost a little scary uh-huh. how how whacked out he is you know and by the way um it's, it's Daniel Bryan 
So and it's it's super villain Daniel Bryan, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for all we know, he could be lying too. I know. He could be. What kind? What of... if it's Luke Harper? Uh, it's possible. It is possible. It'd be a, be an interesting way to get Harper back on TV. Now I'm sure Harper is the one that, that drove the drove the car, or did mm-hmm. the pushing, but. You know, never bad to see Harper on TV. Maybe it was Rikishi. <laughs> Who'd he do it for this time? He didn't do it for his people. Um, I don't know. Ricky, do you have any ideas? <laughs> oh, hey, Ricky. Hey. Is that my introduction to the podcast? I'm afraid so, sir. <laughs> Reunited and it feels so good. Next time you should do a better job of introducing me. Well, you should have heard the introduction at the start. It was as... Epic. It was as well worked as a Bailey Ember Moon match, put it that way. So it was a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I think it's Harper. See, it's... Yes, and... It won't be revealed next week. Um, it won't be revealed hopefully for a, a a little while down the line um, and by that I don't mean like a couple of weeks um, but I'm not entirely sure how you I'm not sure how you would keep it going like keep the intrigue going but it's not uh, right so put it this way if it turns out to be Harper I would like to see Roman having to go through Eric Rowan first up, then having to go through Luke Harper to ultimately face Daniel Bryan. Now, is, is, is WrestleMania too far away to carry the storyline out? Maybe. I'd say but so. What about, the, what about the Royal Rumble? But again, is so that too is. far out? Survivor Series. Yeah, I, I, almost, I almost say... I, I just don't include Survivor Series because... I can't remember the last time we had a match which was it wasn't quote unquote brand supremacy um, the, the, the fan and uh, the, the not the fan but what was his name um, the Brock was it AJ match last year oh no that never mind that was yeah that was and Brock that Brian match was last year but that was still Robert Smackdown you're right I'm sorry so I can't remember when the last time it was um, and I, I'm a big, I'm all for kind of um, making the quote unquote smaller pay per view seem bigger, um, you know. But there's just sometimes there's just certain matches that belong on certain pay per views. Um, like I never had like a massive problem, for instance, for with Cena and Roman being on whatever pay per view that was. No mercy. Um, and a part of me did have a problem with it because it really is a WrestleMania main event. Um, but again, I don't have that massive of a problem that you put sort of marquee matchups on these smaller pay-per-views just to to focus on them more and bring more attention to it. But yeah, my guess is Harper. But eventually it leads to Roman versus Daniel Bryan. Somewhere down the line. Yeah, I think so. It has to. It kind of like... We're kind of being teased with it. I know it's happened before, etc., but... Not in this, not with the current um, 
dynamics not with a heel Daniel Bryan because last time it was kind of face face versus face mm-hmm. here's here's the real problem with the whole story buddy buddy told Roman it was Rowan a full week ago right yep Roman ain't hit him up all week like he waited till the end of Smackdown to go get up <laughs> to go get at him like that's come on bro you got about car the thing is like the good thing about it or how you can flip it or Roman can come back and say I don't believe when Buddy says no I lied because Daniel Bryan's backstage promo for anyone that didn't see it um, basically I can't remember who done the interview but he was like if I get in your face and I start threatening you you're going to tell me what I want to hear just because of fear and that's exactly what Daniel Bryan done to Buddy Murphy. He got in his face, threatened him, and ultimately had Buddy Murphy admit that, no, okay, okay, fine, I agree with you, I was lying, kind of thing. So I hear you. But what I'm saying is, that happened last Tuesday when, when Buddy said it was Rowan. If I'm Roman, I'm flying, to, I'm flying to Aberdeen or Phoenix or wherever the hell they live. Bro, what's up? Like, well... You know what I'm saying? See, before the main event on SmackDown last night, Roman asked a random guy, where is Daniel Bryan's dressing room? And the guy pointed him in that direction. He headed right, in that direction. The and then we had the main event match. Then Roman appeared in the dressing room. Is he a slow walker or something? Or is it a really big <laughs> arena? I'm saying, bro. Like, it was a full week between... Maybe. Maybe he wasn't in the locker room at that point and Roman left to go look for him again and then went back to the locker room. I, don't know. I, I, th- I think Roman went to get a beverage. Well, a what kind? tasty beverage. Well, he was still at work, so probably a water, but, you know. He I would say he should, have, he should have got an Iron Brew, Scotland's national drink. <laughs> Speaking of that, is that what you're drinking, uh, Clive? Yep. <laughs> so I thought I was drinking Iron Brew. I thought so. We're no longer sponsored by Pepsi Max. We um, well, we got Rob to try it, and Rob said he loved it. And we got Sir Sam from Laws of Pain. We told him, and he went out and found it, and said it was absolutely wonderful. And I know he was uh, in, in love with that stuff. And don't, uh, he, don't he probably got the full fat stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't let Rob lie to you. Rob tells you that he's from Virginia and lived in Georgia. Rob is Scottish because there's no way. He knows all the Scottish stuff, and he's <laughs> not from there. There's no way. I know. Speaking what, have you, what have you spoken about so far, sorry? Just um, Buddy Murphy, basically. You spoke about Buddy Murphy for 15 minutes? Damn right. Not long enough, Damn Ricky. right. Not long yeah. enough. No, we, did, we spoke about his match and the who done it, so I know we're kind of working backwards. So we were singing the praises of Buddy Murphy's performance, and there was a theme for me with the Monday and Tuesday night offerings in that the matches that took place on Raw and SmackDown. Personally, I preferred them to a large number of the matches on SummerSlam. It felt as if Andrade and Mysterio, Cedric and Drew McIntyre, which was shocked the living daylights out of me, and Buddy Murphy and Roman Reigns. It's as if these guys weren't on SummerSlam, so I'm going to we're going to send a message to management that we should have been on. Well, Andrade and Mysterio can't have a bad match together. I know. So, we, we know that. 
you know, I could sit and watch a three hour wrestling match between them two look like so <laughs> but yeah, I agree with Cedric and Drew was really surprising. Really, really good. Um I haven't gotten round to watching Buddy Murphy and Roman. Um What? What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Um so I've heard good things about it. Um I've saw little snippets of SmackDown. I saw Raw and obviously NXT and SummerSlam. Also, I watched the G1 finals as well. By the way, I just did a show on that last night, so... Cheap plug? Yeah. Ha-ha! I also also managed to uh, praise myself or get Jeremy to praise me on keeping it strong self last night as well. I basically sent him a message saying I would like you to read this out on air. And it was basically just me being Christian and, and praising myself, putting myself over. <laughs> Not get much anyway. to add there. So, Rance, I'll ask you, Buddy Murphy or Cedric Alexander, who impressed you more? Murphy. I want to say that for obvious reasons, because I've been a big fan of Murphy. But, Cedric Alexander and Drew McIntyre that was crazy stuff that well let me tell you why Cedric didn't shock me Cedric has number Cedric has been on TV on raw TV a lot longer than Murphy Cedric has been utilized in numerous ways so the crowd knows him the crowd knows he can wrestle and this isn't his first time wrestling Drew McIntyre on TV. That's true. Right? Buddy Murphy has made two appearances on SmackDown since WrestleMania. One was a promo, and uh, the 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 promo he cut um, when they had the the town hall or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. and then he got his ass beat by Roman, and then match, and he cuts um, he has a match of the year. That's pressure. That is now talent wise cool, but the spot he did it in, that's pressure. And so like that's more impressive to me. That's fair. I can I can accept that. I just think uh, for for taking each match as they're presented to you, taking away all those variables, I would say the Monday night match was better. But I can accept your answer easily. It, yeah. And I haven't watched Buddy Murphy and Roman, but I've read a few things about it on Twitter where some people are saying that, well, look at Buddy Murphy, Buddy Murphy carried Roman, yet another person carrying Roman, and it looks like we're going to start defending Roman here, but like, correct me if I'm wrong, right? But isn't the premise of being a big-time star, right? If you're a big-time superstar like Roman, why, why would you be carrying a match? The whole idea would be that you would get the guy who's unappreciated or under quote unquote undervalued or whatever the idea would be you, you would have him lead the match, you would have him kind of call the match, you would have him getting the majority of his spotlight to put him over isn't that the premise of like you said, a superstar wrestler going up against someone who isn't as well known so the idea is to get Buddy over with the crowd because mm-hmm. well, what benefit are we going to get that Roman dominates or Roman works from top well, you're 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 looking at it from two different perspectives. So, if you're talking about leading the match, that's the one person in the, one person in the ring. Very rarely do you have two amazing, amazingly talented performers who just call it. 
oftentimes one person leads. Mm. And so because people don't a lot of people don't respect Roman's in ring ability, people thought, well, the match was good, so he couldn't have let it. And that's bullshit. The the second part of what you just said is that um from a superstar pers- perspective, Roman is one of the most intriguing top guys from this perspective. He's never ever been afraid to give back. Austin would not lose a match on Raw. Like he had to be like shot in the face. Right, you know, Hogan. If if Hogan's still gonna kick out of two right now, if you pinned him, if he will sleep, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of the, the historical top stars refuse to job. Like it, it, it had to be the, it had to be on the under the most craziest pretenses. But Roman, Roman lost the revival. Roman lost to Shane. Roman's been beat by a bunch of... Roman lost to Finn first night on the damn job. Roman is willing to put over other people. And more than just losing, Roman always... And no matter what match he's in, whether it's against the last guy on the roster or the top guy on the roster, always makes the other guy look good. He's not afraid to give spotlight. So from that perspective, yes, a superstar should let that person get some shine. Um, Think about the old rock hurricane matches rock didn't have to let hurricane have a damn thing but rock let hurricane almost beat him and at the time that made that made him hurricane was a made man from that point because the rock allowed his spotlight to shine buddy murphy's made now now what they do with them is a big conversation but at least people know who he is what he can do and that's all because roman put him over in the ring and put him over after the match and put him over on Twitter. So I wonder if Roman Reigns has been had a word in his ear by The Rock because throughout his career, The Rock put over more people than than Kane in the two thousand and one Royal Rumble <laughs> over the top mm-hmm. rope. Uh, maybe an Anawaya thing, perhaps. Well, I mean, if you notice, you see, you tend to notice, and even Randy Orton to an extent is, is like this too, even though he's a bit of a head case. But these people who have been in the been in the business their whole lives, the Rotunda brothers, Bo and uh and Bray, like they've been in this business forever. They grew up in this business. You know what I mean? So they understand the merit of I can't get over if I'm not wrestling somebody who's over. So I could be the most over person in the world, but if I'm not working with somebody who's not over, then it doesn't do anything for me. So if I can bring him up to my level, then I'm gonna get more over on it. It's all it's like it's almost that same sense of like when you're in a marriage that um both of you guys are married. Sometimes you have to sometimes you have to step back and you have to give to realize I'm getting what I want. You have to be selfless to get selfish. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's yes. the same thing. Preach. We have spent quite a lot talking about Buddy Murphy and it wasn't intentional, but last thing about this was one of my highlights of the whole weekend was when Rowan attacked Murphy at the the uh, kickoff show. Someone in the crowd said, snitches get stitches. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing that on Twitter. Every time uh, every time something happens, they, he's, he's, they call him a snitch now. That's a new nickname. Uh-huh. Snitch Murphy. Right, so now that all three of us are together, we, as we've went a bit backwards waiting for your triumphant return, Ricky, we'll talk some TakeOver and SummerSlam then. Yep. So, as you both know, 
I was mild distracted to say the least with both these shows some family emergencies in the form of broken legs and um, industrial strength tonsillitis here and there with people I was otherwise engaged mentally so I didn't really it would be unfair of me to set my opinion in stone with regards to both of these nights so I'll leave quite a lot of it to you however if I do have something I want to say I will chip in so Ricky you were a big fan of TakeOver this, um, this month weren't you? Give us your thoughts. Um, first and foremost, TakeOver never fails to deliver. Um, Favourite match was Candice and Io Shirai. Oh, it was a fucking really, really good match. Um, just please, please feature Candice a bit more, please. Um, I think she's terrific, but yeah, this was my favourite match of the night, and by far. But I think I think it was the same again. Like four, like really good or great matches in one kind of solid match. Um, the 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 triple threat match I quite enjoyed. Um, the tag match I felt was was good as well. Really good. I enjoyed the last sort of five ten minutes of that. Um, I think. With Bobby Fish being out for so long, I think people have kind of forgotten that uh, we all well we saw Kyle O'Reilly and Roddy Strong and they were great together. And I think everyone kind of forgot just how great Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish were together. Um, really enjoyed that match. Like I said, Eos and Ryan Candice, uh, Shayna and Mia Yim. Um, for me, the, the 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 great thing about this match was. Shayna done it on her own. Yep. Um, for a period, for a, well, not just for a period, for for quite a long time, for se- several matches, she was kind of getting help from her two henchwomen, and this time she'd done it on her own. Um, we're going back to Shayna from like a year or so ago, where she was just mowing down everybody and doing it on her own. The main event, we 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 kind of again in the space of about. The ending of the first fall just kind of sum, uh, sums up Johnny Gargano's state of mind at the moment. Like, why would you hit him with a steel chair? You give him the first fall, and then you proceed to take it into the crowd. Like, shouldn't you beat the living shit out of him with the chair? He gets the first fall, then you just pin him immediately. Like, so what? It could have it could have backfired on him. Um. I would say I did enjoy that match. I did similar to the first match. Sorry, um, the um, the first two out of three falls they had. Um, it's borderline too much at times for me when it comes to Gargano. Mm-hmm. Um, like I understand it's this is Gargano's NXT career that it kind of like it's almost impossible to kind of put my way and he can power out of anything and etc etc and there's so much fighting on the stuff but sometimes it just come it kind of becomes like right you're kind of now insulting my intelligence bizarrely that match was the least offensive out of the three of them for me despite the uh, yeah oh yeah I would probably agree with that but it was still like, some aspects of it I just didn't like but the most offensive thing about it all was that final fall uh, 
in the last match, sorry, in the in the first match, where Gargano kicked out of like high finish after high spot after high spot after big time maneuver. It was like it was there's kind of like pushing the boundary, and sometimes it was just going like way over the mark. Right, there was a bit where Adam Cole kicked out of a Avalanche Canadian Destroyer. I'm thinking, come on! <laughs> I mean, that should that should kill someone, and you're kicking out. Even of it. even even the spot to end it for the final fall was that could have that could have gone that could have gone wrong. I know. I was a uh, hey, well, when you go dance. I was gonna say it, it did go wrong. They missed they missed one of the tables. That's true. Yeah. So, like, someone could have been serious to hurt, but, yeah, like, I, I think, I know we kind of spoke about it in our WhatsApp group, but, like, it was maybe maybe not as strong as some other takeovers, um, and I know I would probably agree with that, but it was still, like, it's still, like, a top, sort of, 8 to 10 takeover, I think, and, and, the, and the bar's so high, mm-hmm. and when they don't meet it, like, I think you kind of, you, you notice it a little bit more. I know. That, but I still enjoy. I still enjoy the show. That's what happens. You have so many outstanding takeovers in a row that there's bound to be one law of averages that doesn't deliver as much as the previous ones. And I think this is what happened at the weekend. Um, it was nothing truly stand out for me. I enjoyed most of the what I liked about the tag team match, apart from Kyle O'Reilly saying on Twitter it was the worst screw job since Montreal '97. <laughs> uh, was that Montez Ford is all is the he's the big star out of Street Profits, but Angelo Dawkins has played pivotal role in both winning the tag titles and retaining them, and it's good to see that there is an equality between the two when it comes to how how much they're valued. So they they surprised me in a good way this Saturday. The Candice LeRae Io Shirai match, I didn't notice much from Candice LeRae to impress me, but I did notice a lot from Io Shirai that impressed me. I thought she was fantastic. The other women's match was my favourite of the night. This was met by a weird crowd reaction, but I just I don't know if it was speaker problems with or the acoustics of the arena, but there were lots of moments of that show where the, the crowd just sounded dead to me and I think that might be playing into why I wasn't as invested I mean it sounded like Lafayette at some points with how just indifferent it sounded did anyone else get to be, that? to be fair that could have been like issues with the connection or some sort of problem with the network oh don't start me on that bloody network <laughs> that update is that's dreadful awful Works great for me. Ah, well done. That's because you're you're a Fed Defence Squad all the way, and you're getting the, the perks of a really good network. <laughs> well, I'm Fed Defence Squad. I am an honorary McMahon, and I'm a Yank. So, yeah. yeah. I think like for me, it's not so much the actual connection to it, but just like being able to like every single time I would go in to watch it, it would just start at random times, and whenever I try to put it back to the beginning, it was. Something to skip to another match. It's just, uh, it's, it's no, not a fan of it. No. Uh, back to the Mia Yim match. Although this wasn't as received as well as others, Mia Yim continues to impress me in a really big way. I thought she, the story they told in that match was really clever. That Mia Yim had an answer for almost everything that Shayna Baszler gave her way. 
She was on top for quite a lot of the match and was not phased. And just there's a, I think there's a wise head on those young shoulders, and I think a really good wrestler, a, a good um, performing like a sort of storyteller for the. Did future. you see uh, Matt Riddle and Mia Yim's entourage? Oh, was there Riddle? Uh, uh, I, I don't know if it's been confirmed, but it, it, really, it looks like him. At the very end, he was the one down on his knee. Right. It, 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 I, it, I'm almost certain it was him. I don't, I don't know, man, because Matt Riddle has no rhythm. And they were on rhythm, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what were your thoughts on the takeover, Vance? Um, uh, I, 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 I love the match between... Um, I love the match between Cesaro and Aleister Black. That really did a lot for me. I love the kick that... No, I'm playing. Um, so, I am probably the NXT mark of the three of us. Uh, the show was really good. I enjoyed it. But you guys kind of alluded to the fact that it felt off based on the blistering pace that they set. So that doesn't mean that it was bad. It just means when you have a 10 and 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 you get an 8 and a half, mm-hmm. the 8 and a half looks bad when really the 8 and a half is better than everything else. It's just it's just not a 10. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that to hear you talk about the Mia Yim, Shayna Baszler match. And y'all know I'm Mrs. Yim. I am, I am Mia's wife. Y'all know that. Mia and Mia, that's my girl. I love her. But she didn't step up to me. Really? That match was that match was 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 bad. Um, oh. I, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it. And so one of the reasons was, and again, it, everything you said, you said everything right. It's just I feel the opposite because you said you love the story they told that Mia had a a response to everything. Right? That was a very well and cleverly told story in that. But the problem was. It made Mia look like the heel and Shayna look like the babyface. Shayna came, Mia jumped all her friends. Mm-hmm. Shayna came out by herself. Mia came out, and every time Shayna put her in a hold, she poked her eye. She grabbed her hair. She stomped on her foot. It, so, it, it, and now mind you, the story was that I have a counter to everything you're doing. You've never had to fight under my pretenses. So, I got that. It just it made her look bad to me. Because it didn't look, make her look clever, it made her look like a cheater. Um, and then they just didn't have the chemistry I expected them to have. And maybe it's because I went in with heavy expectations, mm-hmm. knowing Mia and Shayna, and feeling as as strongly as I do about both of them, and knowing that they live together. So they probably had all the time in the world to talk about this and work it out. It just didn't hit for me. Um, which is okay, it happens. And I think another thing that hurt it which may be the real reason that every takeover has one woman's match and not two, Candice and EO blew him out the water. Nobody could match what Candice and EO did that night. That was the best match of the night. They blew them out the water. EO Shirai might be the, the best wrestler in the company right now, in NXT. What she did in that match, and Candice is amazing. EO carried Candice. She put her on her shoulder and drug her through the burning sands of the Sahara Desert through that match. I, that, I would it, agree. I think that's she, why... She, it was a, I think that's... She made Candice look really inferior in comparison. 
She did, and I. So Candace is a Gargano, so you know by nature they're gonna play underneath and do the babyface fire and whatnot. I thought it was really dope that Io threw everything at her, and Candace kicked out of everything, and finally Io. If you notice, and and uh, thanks to Darren Kirkby Mags for pointing this out to me, EO's turning into the very thing she hated. EO's turning into Shayna Baszler. Right. Think about it. She's starting to dress like Shayna now. She's being mean like Shayna now. And then when she couldn't beat her with her moves, what did she do? She choked her out. Uh-huh. Uh, that's a good point. And there's... Before I, before I make this point, I've got one question for you. Do you think yes, the Mia Yim match, it didn't come across as a breakout performance from Mia Yim. It came across as an established performance, as if she'd been doing this on pay-per-views for a long time. It, it didn't have that, I'm here to make a statement feel about it. I will, that's, that's a good question. I'll, I'll put it like this. The, I want to say it was the last takeover. Mia Yim had a match on the pre-show that shows mm-hmm. on Wednesday against Bianca Belair. That match did more for her than this one did. Probably. And 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 a big part of the problem is Toronto just wasn't behind her. And Mia and Shayna had a really good match on TV a few months ago. Absolutely. Where she uh, tapped her shoulder and mm-hmm. all that. And yeah, that, that was an excellent match. That was different. Because that one had pacing, that one had a back and forth rapport. This one, and I'm all for that gritty mat wrestling hold for hold type style. It just didn't. It, I don't think it hit. And you know what, man? Sometimes when you when they when when they throw the ball down down the lane, you know, sometimes you hit a home run, sometimes you hit a single, sometimes you strike out. It's okay. Mia's still great. She still deserves to be where she is. Um, but I don't think they're going to go back with Mia and Shanna anytime because Mooch hit it perfectly. She did it without the cronies. She choked her out with her thigh. Like, Talk bro, you know <laughs> you know how vicious you got to be to choke somebody out with your legs? Mm-hmm. The, I worry about the women's division in NXT, though. It just, I don't know, it seems as if it's not heel heavy. But the heels are running the show, and the women are not. The faces aren't getting any leeway at all. What do you well, think? Well, they got some. They got some good babies. Candice is a great baby. Bianca, if they ever give her the ball again, is a, is a good baby. Mia Yim is a is a good baby. Casey is has a lot of potential because she's itty bitty. They just signed Santana Garrett. Everybody knows that Santana Santana was number one in the PWI a couple years ago. So I think got some possibilities. And here's one for you that you'll like, Brian, because this is your favorite person right now in NXT UK. Don't be surprised if they bring Tony back oh, to yeah. proper NXT. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. I think we could handle that loss. Yes. <laughs> Could, will you do? Will you sacrifice for the good of NXT? If it means Kaylee Ray ends up the women's champion, most deaf. Well, well, look who we've got. We've got Kaylee Ray. We've got uh, Viper. We've got Rhea Ripley. Um, Jazzy, 
who else? There's a couple of other ones as well. Jazzy, so, Jenny. Yeah, Jenny. so there's, there's a few there. I think we can handle that loss. Millie McKenzie. Millie. Um, uh, Lil Zaya. Do you know, she had, I've, I've seen her improve week by week. Um, I, by the way, I, I think Kaylee Ray's winning at a takeover. Thank you. Good answer. For the, for the record. It just did feels, see, it feels right. Did you see, I kind of had a spoil, well, it's not really a spoil, but anyway, who, the Joe Coffee match as well at takeover? No, I don't know yet. Right, okay, I'll not say anything. Is it who we think it is? Oh, uh, Clive, you can take your headphones off if you want, and yeah. I can tell Rance. Well, no, no, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk back to the show. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for Brian, but That's Brian, or, we already have an idea uh-huh. of what we think it's going to be. Considering how it ended last week, I have an idea. Yep. Oh, you dancers! I'm so happy about that. <laughs> That's made my day. I wish I, I wish I got tickets for it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a Armageddon Hell in the Cell match: Joe Coffey, Dave Mastiff, Keith Lee, Dijakovic, um, Damian Priest, and somebody got to be the chicken shit. So put cocaine Kona Reeves in. Make the money. And Joe Coffey goes over. Obviously. Well, I mean, because you know, he's Gallus. He's more Gallus than everybody else. Exactly. Shall we move on to Summerson? Yep. Can I one more thing? Mm-hmm. Although I was a bit disappointed in the match because I hyped it up far too much for myself, Velveteen Dream has quietly it turned into quite a good run with the North American title. He's put in some good victories and he's holding it strong. So, uh, hats off to you, Mister Dream, or the Mountie. But by the way. I'm glad you mentioned that match. I'm, I know I'm never negative about NXT, and I know I'm sounding negative, but I expected so much more from that match with mm. those three, especially with Roddy and Pete Dunne. So I, is it just me? No, I wanted more, but I hyped it up far too much for myself. I still enjoyed the match. I think I'm kind of in between. I think it was still a really, really good match. Maybe not to a level I was expecting and hoping but that's not to say it wasn't a good match mm-hmm. it, it was good like no match was if you if so if I'm rating from 1 to 10 if I'm if I'm playing Uncle Dave today uh, and I'm rating 1 through 10 like no match was worse than a 6 and a half, 7 it's just I'm used to seeing 10 10 9 10 10 9 9 and a half, 10 mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah I'd probably go say like Four, four and a quarter, four and a half, maybe a four, and then maybe another four and a quarter, and then me, I mean, Shayna Baszler being like a solid three. Out of five, I'm guessing. Out of, out of, out of five. Because yeah, okay. <laughs> right. the scale doesn't go any higher than fives. Well, uh, shout out to Caleb not, for that. Did you not see the tweet that Dave put out the other day? He said that uh, five stars in Japan is equivalent to three and a half stars. In America, in WWE, so there there is a conversion rate for star ratings now. I don't even know what that means. It's just he's he, <laughs> honestly he's not well. Oh boy! I think he's got. That, I don't get it either, bro. 
Perisaturn disease. <laughs> You're welcome. Brian Alvarez is mopey. <laughs> <laughs> so who's Raven? Who's gonna put him in a wood chipper? Uh, Brad Shepherd. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe because I'm tired, but that kind of makes sense to me. Yep, it's a good analogy. Instead of shouting, you know, I mean, like the five stars in New Japan is three and a half stars in WWE. That's just because you're a New Japan mark now. That's uh, yeah, keeping it Scottish style. <laughs> right, SummerSlam, Ricky. What do you want to say yeah. about it? At first, I thought it was going to be about a four and a half hour show. I was kind of anticipating waiting up to like half four or five o'clock in the morning. Um, normally, like for instance, like some of the bigger shows are like let's say the longer shows. Like WrestleMania normally starts off really, really hot, and then it kind of calms down, dies down a little. Some I don't know if that's because of t- fatigue or tiredness or what, and then it might pick up. I felt this was the other way around. I felt Natalia and Becky Lynch was it was a solid good opener. For me, then it kind of there was a lull period. And I think from KO and Shane onwards, it picked up a lot. Um, I think it was what was those last four, well, last five matches were what KO, Shane, um, Charlotte and Trish, um, Kofi, and then Seth and Brock. Yeah. Um, those five, like I thought they were terrific. All of them really. I have one or two issues. I'll die on them. I'm not a Goldberg. I say this when we were talking about it on WhatsApp during the show. Never have been. I like his spear and I loved his entrance and that was all. Um, like, I didn't need to see that. But I understand a lot of people liked it, so so be it. You could have potentially started the show off with that, but I don't know if that would have took a bit of shine off Italian Becky Lynch. Um... Who did we have after that? Um, was it Bailey and Ember straight after that? After Natty and after after Natty and uh, uh, Becky and then Goldberg, after Goldberg and Ziggler, I think it was Bailey and Ember. Yeah, I want to say. I fell asleep at that point, and that's not me just trying to like joke and say the match was bad. I was genuine. My I I was struggling to stay awake at this point. I probably didn't need it, to be honest. I wasn't a fan of it. It was um, very disappointing. Well, and like I say, it's because like, those two are every bit as good as any other female wrestler they've got. Um, like I say, I think Ember's maybe got the prettiest finisher in the company. I think it was just stunning to look at. Um, and it, I, I thoroughly enjoyed K.O. Shane. I really, really enjoyed it. Actually, I thought that was a, I thought that was a pretty fun match. And then after that, like the just matches, I felt were really, really good. Charlotte and Trish just, I thought that was tremendous. Mm-hmm. I really did. Um, I was very surprised if all win. Um, the way the Fiend break just pretty much dismantled Finn, other than one or two little attacks Finn had, was perfect. We can touch on his entrance later on, but yeah. It kind of started a little slow and then it just started, it picked up quite considerably for me. And, and overall, yeah, I enjoyed it. But 
a couple of matches I, I won't go back and watch, but then I would say the last sort of five matches really ticked all the boxes for me. What about you, Rans? Well, uh, I do want to talk. So I, I'll go through, I'll kind of go through the card in a quick summation, but I do want to talk to one point Moosh made about Bailey and Ember. But I, I think one thing I like, so one thing I like about SummerSlam in general, especially now that they've been kind of, now that they've kind of revamped it a bit, I really love the pacing they make. They put matches on in spots that are weird and different. Like who would have expected Goldberg to come out second? Like that was a shock to me. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoy stuff like that because it makes the card feel fresh and new and different. Um, so the pacing of the card, the the booking of the card in like from match order, I think was impeccable. The one interesting thing was it was a tremendously wrestled night. I think pretty much everybody who should have won won. Uh, I think the I think. Everything turned out the way that you probably hoped or wanted it to or expected, but it didn't feel big. The show didn't feel like a SummerSlam. It felt like a pay-per-view, but it didn't feel like a SummerSlam. That's no diss to anybody. It happens. But I'd much rather the show not feel like a SummerSlam and be really good than it feel like a SummerSlam and we end up disappointed. So I was cool with it. Um, uh, Seth Seth and Brock was great. But Seth and Brock was great before in WrestleMania. So it's, it's hilarious to me. People are saying, well, this reinvigorated my fandom. Was Did you not watch WrestleMania? It's the first damn match of the show. It was almost a carbon copy. Now, Brock is out here working overtime to put Seth over. Give them, give them his props. Give him his flowers. Um, Kofi and Randy, I would have liked to see it come to an actual fall. But I like that we have more to that. And you know Randy's vicious. You saw what he did to Steph when she was handcuffed. So him going after Kofi's wife and kids is really interesting to me. Um, Charlotte and Trish basically showed every woman on that roster how to how to wrestle a big a big marquee match, especially when you've been gone for years. That was impeccable. And Charlotte had to Charlotte had to slow down to keep up to, for Trish to keep up with her, but it was still. Really good. Um, you can tell. You can tell. Trish still has the instincts. She might not have the. Her body might not be the same, but she still has the instincts. Um, I look, man. The, the car was really good to me. I enjoyed seeing Goldberg mow through Dolph like a lawnmower. That was fun for me. Becky and Natty was even interesting to me, um, and that was the right call because that crowd needed to start that show off with the huge pop. And Becky's arguably the biggest star. Bailey and Ember, Mooch, me and you have this conversation all the time. You're more of a great in-ring guy. I'm more of an entertainment guy. This, I think that match goes to my point that no matter how good they are in ring, no matter how good the match may be, if nobody cares, it don't matter. That match was bad because nobody cared. It was wrestled fine, but nobody cared. Gave a fuck. Bailey got booed. Nobody cared. Bailey got booed, and Ember didn't get anything. She didn't get a cheer or nothing. Like, so they they really need to give <laughs> us a reason to care about the SmackDown Women's Championship, to care about Bailey as a champion, and to care about Ember as a character. Because 
since she's called up from NXT, we know she can wrestle. We know she got the great finisher. But who the fuck is Ember Moon? Who is she? And mind you, <clears throat> I've watched Ember and met her numerous times here in Houston at, at Roe, where she trained. But who is she in the WWE? What is her character? What what I don't know anything about her. I don't have any reason to cheer for her, to cheer against her. I don't care that she can wrestle. Cool. There's 200 people on the roster. They all can wrestle. What can she give me? What is it about her? At least with Bailey. Bailey's a terrible talker. Right now, Bailey might be a little bit stale. But at the end of the day, you know Bailey gonna hug you and get those little girls involved. She has a redeeming quality. What does Ember have besides a, a bomb ass finisher? So to touch on the kind of the differences, where like you say, you're more entertainment or character, and I give me great in ring work. I know when you say people don't care, because a lot of people just genuinely don't care about uh, any of them, especially um, Bailey. I always kind of think back to listening to uh, a Bret Hart podcast. I don't know if he'd done it with Jericho. I want to say he'd done it with Austin. And it was kind of along the lines. He was like, the, one of the greatest matches I ever had was against the man we're not allowed to talk about, Benoit. And he said that the start of the match, you could see, was like, you could literally see kind of like people sitting on their hands. And then he was like, by the end of it, like people were like at the edge of their seat. And he was like, we... And he was like, that's how I think a great match goes. Like, people may not be interested, but you suddenly grab their, you pique their interest, and then you keep it throughout the entire match. They, for me, there was no reason for them to not to produce, like, a, a really great match. I just, I don't understand. Maybe, the, maybe their styles just didn't work well together. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I thought this title run would have, like, given Bailey, like, fresh impetus and, kind of would have I don't want to say redeem what's happened the last few years but certainly certainly a lot of people would have been like right well now we've got a reason to kind of get behind and be invested in Bailey but I it just it never done it for me whatsoever I, and we all knew and I think we say it like when it was first announced the match <laughs> I, uh, me and Clive says that the build is just going to be absolute shit we know this neither <laughs> of them can talk neither of them can do it but we, we accept it was a terrible I don't care, as long as the build is terrible I can accept it as long as the match delivers and in this case it really didn't for me I think Rance you hit the nail on the head I know I've said once more that I was a bit distracted so it wasn't at the forefront of my attention but this didn't feel like a big four pay-per-view for me Uh, at BASD86 I'll steal some words from him it wasn't a a big four pay-per-view Ranch was saying it wasn't exactly off. It's just, it was just there for me. There were you expect two, more? Uh huh. There were two matches that stood out. One of them was Becky and Natalia. I loved that match. I thought that was excellent. Like really, that got me in the mood straight away. The rest of it didn't do much for me. The personally, I thought the Charlotte Trish match was hard to watch. Um. I wasn't interested. You've made two, kind, two, two statements tonight. It's made me kind of really like, oh, just kind of taking it, it back a bit. It, it really is interesting that you thought Mia Yim 
and Shayna was great, but you thought Charlotte and Trish wasn't good, and we the exact opposite. It's interesting. Charlotte and Trish was like um, the athletic Girl Scout helping the old women across the road. I, I, I think that's a bit exaggerative, but yes, I see your point. Because like I said, Charlotte did have to slow down. And it took me out of it because the pace was bad as a result. So I just thought that's, these are, that was an example of why I'm not a fan of having these old timers come back because it hurts, it hurts the quality. Do you know what I mean? So I just thought, oh, get this over and done with. Oh, what else? I can't even think. That, that's how... And I was disappointed in how the AJ-Ricochet match went. Not as much as others. I thought it was a story that was told and Ricochet stowed, showed some excellent feats of athleticism, even with a, a peg leg. And they're going for the story just now where AJ, he's not interested in having a great match anymore. He's just got his stable guys to help him. There's been a few instances over the years where we've not had a good AJ match or as good an AJ match as we would have wanted. Who's the common denominator in those matches? The club? No. <laughs> oh, Rick, oh, Ricochet? <laughs> no, AJ. I'm talking... Oh, oh uh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were about to shit on Gallows Dennis, my bad. No, no. It's just, so I wonder if it is AJ, like, he's dropping down a gear because of his age. He's not able to be as flamboyant a wrestler as he once was. But then, I think he's running into that Shinsuke issue. Mm, that but, he just he gave too much too early. But his match with Seth Rollins was really good a couple of months ago. So I mean, even his first few matches with Ricochet were good though. I, I still enjoyed this I one. Think, it's just rather I think, had a bad I think the match on Sunday was more so of the kind of story and the direction it wanted to go in the match as opposed to it showing signs of AJ really slowing down. Yeah, like, yes, of course there's a difference between AJ now than there was like two or three years ago, but that's natural. But a lot of AJ's offense was targeting like the body parts of Ricochet, like his legs, to prevent the, the high fly maneuver. So he was never going to do have the kind of moves he was going to produce he wanted him to, because that's the direction he went into. But I do agree, like, I, I do think yeah, AJ isn't quite the force he was. But he's probably still better than ninety percent of the guys out there. I know, and then, and then I think that's how great he actually was. The counter from that a Phoenix Splash, even when he does have diminished skills, that he's still better than a hell of a lot of people. Counter in a Phoenix Splash into a Styles Clash was quite special, I have to say. The so the rest of the cards didn't stand out for me, and then we have the main event. Can you see before you want the main event? Can I ask you a question, right? Mm-hmm. I've not. I don't, where does AJ stand in comparison to all the other greats? Like historically? Yes. I, You know, I think what hurts him is that he was in the minor leagues for so long. And the crazy thing is, the, shit, the stuff he'd done in TA or Impact was just was out of this world. Sure, but you can say the same thing about Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and Nick and Jack, Nick and Matt Jackson, and PWG. I, I agree. I agree with that, and I'm, that's what that's what's a shame because it like, it wasn't working. Like, he was working with some great guys as well, and it's just unfortunate that I don't know why I say it was unfortunate he didn't go to WWE sooner or go to maybe go to New Japan, either one of them sooner. Um, but 
Well, I think if, if the stuff we saw in Impact took place in either in Japan or a WWE ring, well, I genuinely believe that we would have a proper conversation saying that he is the GOAT. Well, let me flip it for you like this. If, if there was a great, amazingly great soccer player from America and he destroyed Major League, he destroyed MLS, he was amazing, but he never played at Old Trafford. He never played in, you know, he never had a big moment in the World Cup or even played in the World Cup. He never played in the best leagues in La Liga or the um, um, Premier League or anything. He just was comfortable being, like, you can't call him the best if he's not doing it against the best in the best place. That's why so many Americans, when they get good in soccer, go over to Europe because you want to play in the best against the best with the best. So AJ was amazing, and AJ did things we've never seen. But because he did it in a place that did not foster or have the best against him and with him, I, I think that that kills the perception of his of his career. Many people, mo- most people would say that, yeah, TNA's off cool, but there's a big portion of the fan base that n- knows AJ Styles from 24, 24, 15, 16 on when he debuted. I know it's ridiculous, but and maybe that's a traditional, the traditional WWE fan in me, but, you know. And, and two things, that's sad, unfortunately. Um, but I, I, I do agree with that. I think if he wasn't in TNA or if he came to New Japan or if he came to WWE sooner, the perception would be different. I think talent-wise, he's definitely about as good as anybody I've ever saw. And the funny thing is, what the person you kind of just described is Pelly. Pelly never left Brazil. He went out and played in America one year or a couple of years, but obviously he done what he done in the World Cup. Yeah, but he, is, dom- but he, as, but he dominated yeah. in World Cup stuff. So, so yeah, and that's he what his legs But yeah, like I said, I think talent wise, he is every bit as good as anybody I've saw. Unfortunately, like. Not everyone got to see him at his absolute best. We probably did a little bit in WWE, but like I say, his stuff in TNA was just fucking unbelievable as well. <laughs> it was. I never saw a lot of it, but what I did see was quite incredible. Oh, uh, really? It really was. It was just. I absolutely loved those X Division matches. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a match he had at Lockdown against Abyss. And the beginning of this was still the beginning of TNA when they still had the six sided ring, and lockdown was a pay per view where they had every match was a cage match. And before the match starts, Abyss comes out, AJ bounces off the ropes and does the plancha through the cage door onto him outside. Then, as they're fighting, Abyss throws AJ into the barricade it's the old steel great barricades AJ slides under the great barricade then springboards off the barricade hits him with the phenomenal forearm I've never seen no shit like that like he was absolutely on another level Mm -hmm. so I lost I lost it halfway through describing that that sounds like a very intricate set of moves that he pulled off there oh he was he was special Okay, I'm sorry we're going on to the main event. Yes, right. Online, 
on the Twitter. Seth Rollins has been getting quite the feedback on his performance online in general and stuff like that. In the ring or on screen, Brock Lesnar, although despite his elevated spot in the card, Seth Rollins probably felt as if he'd hit rock bottom as far as how destroyed he was at the hands of Brock Lesnar a couple of, two, three weeks in a row. And I thought, here we go, we're going to just get the same old shit again. And I was convinced that Brock Lesnar was winning. But the second, the very second that Seth Rollins stood on his feet following a German suplex, I was pumped because that was a, for me, that was a callback to WrestleMania 31. Sorry, the Raw after WrestleMania 31, where Brock Lesnar comes for Seth Rollins for, with a German suplex and he lands on his feet. Later on in the match, where he does the dive from the turnbuckle onto Brock through the table, that was a callback to Royal Rumble 2015. Where it all started, yeah. Exactly, where it all started, where Seth Rollins was on the rise to become the most talked about wrestler in the company. And at WrestleMania, where he was like, he was the next superstar, lowercase s superstar, not only Lorcan superstar. <laughs> um, his Seth Rollins' stock was not higher than it was those first few months, and it was as if his character had to dig, um, dig deep into what made him who he was in the first place, and it was as if he thought, right, I've, he said it, although it was a terrible, like, dreadful promo last week, he said, I've got nothing left, this is all I've got, and he had to channel when he was at his best to get rid of Brock, and that, that was like total kayfabe for me, storyline stuff. And I really, really love this match. It's one of the best matches I've seen from both guys in a long, long time. I, why, why did you think the promo was bad? I'm what, curious. It was just... Meh, 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 meh. Meh, 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 meh. That's what it sounded like. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Great analysis, by the way. It's just... <laughs> That's what it felt like. It was as if, because when this program started again, I thought, right, we're maybe going to see Seth Rollins counter the German suplex, and he never did it, but he did it finally. I thought, here we go. This is going back. This is what this long term booking thing's all about that I've been poking fun at for the last few weeks. They tapped into it, and it's been four four years that Seth Rollins has finally managed to get rid of the, the spectre of Brock Lesnar. For now for now but uh, that was just one of those character arcs that I really appreciated and it was quite the satisfying win for me I must admit it, and it was right it was the right move um, it was it was the right time uh, Brock loses no steam Seth probably needed the rub because Seth is great but there's I think we've all accepted that Seth is a top guy, but he needs like a lot of top guys historically don't need anything. They just they stand alone, right? Even Becky to an extent stands alone. Seth needs something to keep him there. Mm-hmm. There's something missing in his character that if he's not in a, the perfect or the best or the most scripted situations, he gets lost. True. So he yeah. he needed that Brock win to because think about it and this is how you know you this is how you know a, a wrestler had a great moment in match 
they booed him coming out. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the night, he got yeah. standing ovation. I just find it funny that public enemy number one for the last month or so ended up put, putting on personally the most exciting match out of the whole weekend, takeover included. And this guy's been getting shot on all over the place on Twitter, but that was a a pretty cool moment. Well, man, forget forget Seth. Look, I know you guys are notoriously the show that did a whole show on on Fuck Brock. Can we get his man his flowers? I wouldn't give him his flowers, but I won't throw shit. Hell him. no, Fuck Brock. <laughs> 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 All right. Listen. Well, there you go. Uh, like I said, I I done like a complete one eighty on Brock at the Royal Rumble when he took on Finn. I have no idea why and why it was that particular match. Um, and I don't I don't hate or dislike Brock as as much as I used to. I don't want I don't want him with the title. I never will. But. Let's say the, the the annoyance or the anger or the hatred or whatever towards Brock in general isn't as as strong as it once was. It, it is now. Let's say I kind of enjoy watching the guy. I will never publicly say I was wrong because <laughs> I don't think we were. No. Uh, at the yeah. time when we spoke about, I think a lot of the things we addressed at the time were were. Were correct, and now because he's featured a bit more, now he's appearing more on TV. He's having a few more matches. Like, man, he, he was going like three, four months at times without even appearing. I know. I genuinely think he has appeared in 2019 more than he has any other year that he's been back, and that's we're not even finished the year. Uh, so that's an argument I can't use as much anymore. The stuff with the ghetto blaster, money in the bank briefcase. That did humour me. He's played his part well, and the I oh, see the bit where he lifted up the bandages and swung swung Seth about the place. <laughs> that was barbaric. So, like I said, I'm not going to come out and publicly apologise for my stance on it, but I'll, um, I won't be as hard on it. I'll just leave that to you to decide how I feel about it. But that was uh, I was sports entertained out my nut come the end of SummerSlam. Put it that way. Well, the job was done. It was done. The job was done. Yeah, yeah. And role, the role's different. The one thing you got to give Brock credit for is whatever role he's asked to do, he plays it extremely well. And mm. now that he is a giving beast, as Mister Heyman would say, hey man, job, job well done. Now let's go ahead and see this MMA fight between him and Bobby Lashley. Give it to me, Big <laughs> Robert. Uh, I don't know about you guys, I've not got much else to add about SummerSlam, so if there's anything... I have a question for you both. Okay. Before we we obviously move on to what took place on Raw, I'm sure you've got a few things to say about that. Uh, First thing, I wasn't a huge fan of the way Auckland's Kofi ended. It was just basically a a rehash of AJ's Joe. Mm -hmm. But I understand that you kind of want to keep the feud going. Um. And how you can't really do that if Kofi wins clean. And the only way you might have done it is if, like, maybe if the ref got took a bump and then Orton hits an RKO, 
but no one's there to count but the general they really do that kind of stuff for a, a baby face um, is Kofi's title reign is he I think we quite we've addressed this is he too dominant I'm seeing all sorts of crap on Twitter saying he's too dominant of a champion oh, and a lot of people sake. are saying things along the lines like how can we take him we can't really take him seriously as a champion when you look at him because Orton was bigger and thicker than him etc etc are we still in the day and age where we expect guys to or guys, women or men to look a certain way physically to accept him as a dominant champion it's just it's an argument I've not got any time for it. I don't I hate it. I hate it because beanstalks can be chopped up. Chopped oh, down. that was deep. That's a bar. That's a bar. <laughs> you just spit a bar. The beanstalks can be chopped up. Oh man. Chopped up and chopped down. So we've seen it many times. David and Goliath's stories in wrestling are still I mean Look at the Callisto and Braun Strowman stuff. Don't, no, 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 cut it. I'll go one step further, right? And it's not even going to be about wrestling, it's an actual fucking combat sport. Manny Pacquiao started off as a fucking bantamweight and mowed through eight divisions. Like, Beating the living hell out of guys that are bigger and thicker than him, quote unquote. Like, he, I know Delahoya was weight drained, right? Carvius is going to mean nothing to you. But he, he, does he literally obliterated Margrito. He went through Hatton, even though Hatton was like same height, but he was a little bit thicker than him. Uh, and then you go and look at Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather took on guys that are bigger than him. Corrales, um, Canelo, Delahoya. You then go look at someone like Fine. Roy Jones jumped up to heavyweight and even only took on John Ruiz, but he still jumped up to heavyweight, a bigger, thicker guy in him. And if you want to go into MMA, fucking Royce Gracie was just taking guys out that were like 10 times bigger than him. Like, see, at the end of the day, size doesn't matter if the point, if a person standing across from you is is unbelievably skilled. Well, to, to... If it can happen in a legit fucking combat sport, then it's going to happen in Wrestling. I, I hate to throw I hate to throw some salt in your urn brew, but uh, the the only, you're you're right. But to be fair, speaking of the boxing, the guys you mentioned, um, Pacquiao and Mayweather to be specific, like Benton weight to welterweight is like twenty pounds, <laughs> thirty pounds. Um, so well, it's not Manny, Manny, Manny by like just like by nature and just look at him is small. It's and a, he's not. He amazing like, small. And I think I think if you look at Mayweather and Corrales, Corrales towered over him. Even I know Canelo was kind of green, yeah. but Canelo was bigger and thicker than him as well. Canelo's a thick dude though for his weight class. Oh, um, your your point is absolutely right. But so I here's here's the answer. Here's the answer. Wrestling fans, right? T- take away sport. Take away. Sp- Real sport, just under the guise of wrestling fans. Did any wrestling fans say Daniel Bryan wasn't a deserving champion? Don't think so. Did any wrestling fans say AJ Styles wasn't a deserving champion? No. Did any wrestling fans say Finn Balor wasn't a deserving champion? 
Yes, Carl. Uh, you just took the words right out of my mouth there. Okay, well, well, Carl doesn't matter because he doesn't listen to this show. So, but what do those three guys have in common? Um, pigmentation, perhaps. There it is. That's the problem. Just call a spade a spade, bro. Or better yet, call, call the pancake a pancake. Is what it is, bro. I think even if you like, I don't, I don't want to say you take the colour of skin and race out of it because that was like a huge thing mm-hmm. with Kofi Grande one title because it was alluded to time and time again. But Byron Saxton had that great line: "Guys like us need to work guys like, like twice as much to get like half, half as far." As far. Yeah. That's right. So. You, you, it was never properly, never outright came out and said that you don't deserve this because the colour of your skin. But it was always alluded to that you're not good enough because the colour of your skin. Like if you just, if you just look at his his matches, and I think we've said it before, he's not moaned through the opposition. It's like it's they're going bang forth. for a long time. He's literally been taken to a limit by a lot of these guys. I've got no issue with his, with his title reign whatsoever. None. He's had, he's had the best babyface title reign I think we've had in almost half a decade, maybe more. The problem well, though is you can't have two problems. Like, okay, Brian is small, but he's talented, right? AJ is small, but he's talented. Like the problem with Kofi is he's small and he's black. So like. <laughs> It's, it's the multiple, and he twerks with pancakes inside his belt. So, like, like every single box that they can check that means he's not good, they check. And and take away take away all biases. Allow yourself to really be free of any racial bias, any wrestling bias, anything. If you look at Kofi Kingston and look at Randy Orton, Randy looks like a champion. And so he just looks, complete look. Now, it has nothing to do with merit, has nothing to do with talent, just looks. So people can always use those excuses. Well, Kofi got bird chest. Well, Kofi don't look like this. Well, Kofi... Look, man, Kofi's had one of the best January, so seven, eight months run, seven, eight months runs we've ever seen. Yep, agreed. I'm steadfast in my belief that he holds it to WrestleMania or at least Royal Rumble. I think the Brock Lesnar's coming for him once Fox TV starts. Sorry, you cut out there. I don't want him to go Brock and Roman again. I don't want them on the same show. I love how people are so terrified of this. And it's realistic, I understand. But, like, that is a real fear. Like, it's a fo- It's like IWC's phobia right now. Like, because, see what it is? I don't even think many of our matches have been, like, a disappointment. Like, what, what WrestleMania was it? Was it last year? Yeah, last year was it? Was it last year? It was 31 and 34. Right, so, well, 31 was the... Was the, um... The the cash in Seth Rollins, yeah. I think that's what's left, left a bit of taste in a lot of people's mouths because I think, I think we're all kind of convinced in ourselves that Roman was going to win and go over and then you're like, Shit. and then they've done it again at SummerSlam, they've done it in Saudi Arabia and stuff and it's like, like you said, it, if it was a couple of years 
long turning the line. I think, all right, okay, we've not saw this in four or five years, but it still feels really, really fresh. And besides, I want to see fucking Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I'm I'm down for that. That would be look. Well, okay. I, I don't know where you're going next, um, Mr. Moderator. But may I journalism for a second? Go for that. All I care about at WrestleMania right now, at today, on this day, the Lord's Day, Allah's Day, is the Fiend versus Alster Black, undefeated versus undefeated. And Tampa, I need that in my veins. The journalism was to talk about the fiend. We haven't talked about him yet. That was journalism. I'm just. That. I'm waiting for the fiend, Mark himself, to come in here. Yeah, you don't need to say it, Clive, because I know you're not. You, you love his. I know you love his entrance, the music. Mm, not what yet. What do you mean? The music did nothing for you? The music is fire. The the head slanton did a lot for me, but apart from that, nope, not yet. It's no it's it's no ascension. So go on YouTube and listen to it probably. Wait, wait, stop. Stop. He said it's no ascension. <laughs> Boy the bias is real in you, young Kinsella. So yeah, um, that match went exactly how it should. Remember the podcast I said a few weeks ago, someone must die. I thank you, Finn Balor. For dying. Um, <laughs> his sacrifice for his I, I, Do you know, honestly, I wouldn't even let him get a single punch in either. Um, but, yeah, that match went the way it should have went. You had to have break him in. I, I, I'm going to keep calling him brains to the fiend. You're going to... You, you have to break him in and just look utterly, utterly dominant. And the great thing about Finn was, Finn was standing outside the ring and he was looking at the fiend and he was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yes. That's going to lead to the fiend versus the demon, I'm sure. And the fucking, and see if the fiend doesn't go over. They're not going to be happy. I remember I was um, texting Murray. I think this was like in the midst of the whole uh, Firefly Funhouse uh, promos and so he still hadn't debuted and I specifically remember saying to him if he doesn't come back and like legitimately like kill someone or like a lot of times it just looks so dominant and, and destroy someone on his return I may stop watching like that's how that's how much I love Bray um, and like I say it was booked to absolute perfection Loved it, loved every second of it. And that entrance was just unbelievable. And the great thing about the entrance, I'm going on and on here, was that the commentators didn't utter a single word during it. What Everybody like, was just kind of in awe of it. What I liked about it when you said Finn was outside saying, what the hell just happened to you? That's what happened when he made his first takeover entrance. Remember remember, I kept pestering you about that entrance? Mm-hmm. At takeover Revolution, I thought, what the hell is this? He the demon get, Yep, he was getting holy yep. shit chance, and it's come full circle. It's the fiends now. Oh, that's a good point. I know, I know it is. <laughs> did did you go to did you go to journalism for that? No, I went to uh, a Catholic school. Good <laughs> <laughs> oh, old Catholic school. So did I. Uh, did you Did you really? Yeah, I went to Catholic school. That's dope. 
That's cool. I did too. So I think it I, makes a lot of sense between us three. I'm sorry. Go ahead. My 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 son goes to a Catholic school and, and a younger one as well. And, and and it's not for religious reasons. Sure, sure, sure. But, um, the the Catholic school around our way is just, it's better than other schools. It's just always has been like grade wise, etc. And now we're touching on religious aspect, but you can listen to the Ricky and Clive religion show that comes out every that's debuting soon. Uh, every Sunday morning at eleven o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> and then and French as well because that's 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 all day. <laughs> I, can I say can I say something funny real quick? I want you to finish, Clive. But do and maybe this is a conversation to have off the pod. But do your kids? And I'm not sure before, like legitimately, do your kids kids get confused because I'm Baptist, and you know that so Baptists and Catholics are still Christian, but like I was so confused with stuff. Like I would come home and I would say a prayer, and then my mom would be like, "That's wrong." <laughs> no, it's not. So I can only imagine when it's two completely different ideologies. Ricky. The questions for you. We that, you want to talk about that the pod? We can. I don't want to. That, that might be too personal. I apologize for bringing it up, uh, but um, because I remember like and we're going completely off wrestling here. But my the first time he went to the church, the school actually asked me, "Do you mind if he goes?" And I was like, "No, he can go, but he'll just kind of sit in the back like I used to do, and he doesn't get involved in anything." And I explained to him, "It was like, oh, that's there, that's like there." Um, like um, version of a mosque, and he was like, "Okay, so what do I do?" Is like, "No, you just sit, you just sit." That's all he does. But I do remember the first, like after a couple of weeks of being in school, um, and we were sitting at the dinner table. I think Clive, I might have told you this. We were sat at the dinner table, and he started saying something, and I wasn't there. And my wife goes, uh, "Come here, say, sing, uh, sing what you were just singing." And he was like, oh, "And I was like, what did you sing?" He was like, "Oh, it's just our school song." <laughs> he sat. He was saying the Hail Mary. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. That's excellent. <laughs> and, and it stopped, and I was, I must have had a look at my face, and I was like, oh no. And he was like, is that bad? Should I not have done it? I was like, no, it's fine. Don't be daft. It's not bad. It's not bad. You don't, but I was like, when when they when they say that, you say your prayer. And he was like, okay. And then that's it. So, but he, like I said, it was funny at the time, and he thought he was going to get in trouble. He was like, no, you're bloody four years old. You're hardly going to get in trouble for that. <laughs> That's so genuine, man. I love that. That's great. It's all you. I'm. I'm sorry for changing the subject. Please forgive me. I, I couldn't uh, journalism back into wrestling after that one. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's no there's no segue. All I was going to say is maybe I'll have to have a listen properly to the Fiends music, but uh, it was all right. The whole entrance. Well, is... that's it. They've released it for you. We will listen to it on YouTube. It's mm-hmm. like I say, it's not the kind of music I even. I love it, and I just thought that kind of music straight up your, right up your alley. Maybe it will be. Then also way. shout out to. Um, I want to get his actual Twitter handle. The band. No, no, I keep going. It's fine. I'll find it. Speaking of bands, uh, Slipknot are like the most popular band in the world at the moment. 
They just released a new CD, yeah. So that's that's normally the biggest sound. There's there's possibly going to be number one in the UK with their album. Probably America too. Mm-hmm. Really? So yeah, it was it was here we go. I wanted to find the tweet. It was um, Daily News. <laughs> I actually started laughing when I read this. He was like, um, "I wish WWE would hurry up and bring out the Bray Wyatt song so I could break my neck." <laughs> <laughs> like implying it's going to be modded. <laughs> No, right, yeah, that's... I don't think I'm getting anything else to say about SummerSlam. Uh, there's only really two other things I was wanting to bring up tonight. The a return of a certain wrestler on Monday night. Rance. Oh, wrestler. I'm really... I'm confused. Oh, wrestler. Oh, shit, that, that did happen Monday, didn't it? So what what just happened there? I couldn't remember what wrestler it was, but I Francis' mind went blank. All oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm surprised she was able to make it Monday to, to Toronto because I thought she was going to uh, DC for or wherever Chicago for their first show for the 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 A and W people. A and W, great root beer, by the way. That's only two weeks away. Thirty uh, first is going to be ridiculous. By the way, you know that. I know. We've got all out. We've got a New Japan show, which it was at Royal Quest. We've got NXT Quest. UK takeover. We've got for us over here. It's Rangers, Rangers Celtic as well. <laughs> are you going to Cardiff? Are you going to Cardiff? No. Uh, so, uh, so I was I was considering going. Um, the problem was you would need to stay overnight uh, you can't make that drive back up the road at that time of night it's like a seven hour drive um, and then by the time I kind of decided alright do you know let's just do it and then it was Clive actually told me like did you know it's sold out Yeah. so I was like I decided like, a day or two before that I wasn't really going to go There's still oh, so I, was, I was planning to go but it was sold out kind of thing but I was like so be it like that kind of that was, I was kind of happy in a sense it was sold out so I didn't need to where well, I didn't go and just go, oh, screw it, let's just go waste some money. Mm-hmm. Not so much waste, but, you know, spend unnecessary money. Well, Joe Coffey versus Dave Mastiff is um, a priceless... <laughs> that's priceless. It's hard so far. I've, I've seen a picture of Austin Theory at the Performance Centre. Austin Theory, just he just signed today. Officially? Officially. Good for him. When do you think we'll see him then? Um, not too long, probably. He'll definitely, he might even show up at these next tapings. You know how they do, they'll let you come in and wrestle one match under your name. Uh-huh. And then you go away for a few months. But he's got to finish, he's got to finish up his dates in Evolve because he's still the Evolve and WWE champion. So he is, that's right. Excuse me. Um, yeah. What were we probably talking about, like, a woman taking off her wig and that being the big moment of the night? Well, First of all, first of all, Natalia was, the fourth wall was down with that part when she was saying it's been a year since her dad died and she had to collect herself and she was getting cheered. Then Sasha Banks music hits and two minutes later they're saying thank you Sasha. What sort of cold heartedness is that? Well, Kath, we demand some answers from you. 
Kath for me? You it? must you, no, no, Kath. Kath you, oh. you must answer for on behalf of your countrymen and women. Well, the coldest part, the coldest part, was Natty started crying, talking about her dead dad and the dream that he came and talked to her, and the crowd started booing her. <laughs> 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 Uh, Rance, I've never seen you so. Rance is just loving every second of this. I know. Heartless. <laughs> so, so is she. Gosh. <laughs> so I have, I, I have a legit question. Did either of you pop when Sasha's music hit? No, because I, 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 knew, I, I knew it already. How did you know? Because uh, I just saw um, notifications all over the place saying that Sasha's returned. Oh, you didn't see it live? I didn't see it live, so I didn't pop. I did pop because not when I well, when I did see it, but I popped when I saw the message as well. And the message is from one of the people on the show right now. What and message? it wasn't Clive's message. <laughs> Oh, I... oh, was it the was it the Invisible Man from GCW? Oh Lord, did you see did you see Colnet went Colnet went off on that? Yes, <laughs> and he and the cold part was so Mance Warner is the guy that took the bump, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Yo, Mance, I actually have respect for you. I guess I got I guess I got to talk more shit about you now." It's crazy, but yes, I popped for Sasha only because it was a genuine shock. Mm-hmm. It's funny because we've said it for weeks on weeks, right? She's coming back. I actually, I was I was messaging Jeremy, aka the boss, and I says to him, "Was it on Saturday or Sunday?" I was like, "Oh, by the way, Sasha's returning soon." But I think I've been saying that for a while though. Where it eventually just had to come true, just like my cut angle prediction. Listen, I used to say week in, week out, Kurt Angle was about to return, and about three years later he did return. Oh, or, or like Clive, every week, uh, world championships are going to change hands on TV? Yes, <laughs> yes. The, the IC title will change hands soon. That's fact. The uh, what? The IC title. Which the, Who is IC champ right now? Oh, oh Shinsuke, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully to Ali. Yep. But yeah, sorry, um, Sasha Banks. I, 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 like, it's good that she's back. Like, I don't know having her in the women's division doesn't make it stronger. Well, um, I'm happy she's back. I will say this. I'm happy that the will she wants, she is over. I'm happy that the pouting is over and that she's coming to work because when she's in that ring, she's an amazingly compelling and interesting character and wrestler. And Becky needed somebody of that same ilk to play off of. And I think the best part is she's not Sasha who wants to hug people and have fun and I'm the best. No, like she's she's back to being heel. Like she's back to like she's about that business. And um, she needed that. This is the first time we've seen Sasha on the main roster as a heel outside of her like kind of debut a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got three points for this one. One, the rivalry's going to be really good. 
I think there will be a really good back and forth, both online and on screen. Two, I'll be really, really interested to see how fans take to Becky Lynch now that Sasha's back, because Becky Lynch has been flavour of the year, basically. That has been a year to the date, near, near enough, where fans have been mm. on her side relentlessly and unrepentantly. Sasha's back. She's the one getting the cheers now. So how are people going to start taking to Becky? That'll be an interesting observation. Three, I'm fine with Sasha back. If she has been off because she feels she's been undervalued and she was wanting to make the return when on her terms, then I don't want to see one single botch. I don't want to see one single failed suicide dive I don't want to see one single breaking of character during a, an emotional promo where she starts crying. She better bring her A-game because if she doesn't, then she's not getting any love from me. If she thinks she's that good, then show me that you're that good. Stop botching every other match. Clive has spoken. I'm telling you. You know she's going to buy a suicide dive next match, right? <laughs> I just want her to take a title from Becky now. She might well do. I'm kinda done with the Becky thing. I was like we were never on the hype train. And like, don't get me wrong, like she has been she's been over and I even popped myself when she came down for the Royal Rumble and stuff. But fuck, she's been protected as hell for the last year. Like she has literally overcome everything. Like, and I know, like, Paul, there was a whole underdog. I get it all. I get it. But whenever she faced adversity, she would just overcome it with, like, genuine ease. For fuck's sake, she was walking about, like, half a leg at the Royal Rumble and she still overcame Charlotte. The amount of times she overcame Charlotte. Like, I'm, I'm kind of done with the whole Becky Lynch thing and I'm hoping this next pay-per-view that Sasha does just take the title from her. Fantasy booking. Can I fantasy book for just five seconds? Mm-hmm. Becky beats Sasha for this next run. Becky holds the title going into Mania. Ronda returns, gets her Mania match with Becky. They have their one-on-one at 36. Ronda wins to get her big moment at WrestleMania. Ronda and Becky then have mutual respect because you know how fighters and wrestlers are at the big matches and then they hug, boom and Shayna makes her appearance to take out Ronda because Ronda sold her soul when she when she made up with Becky and that's how Shayna comes to the main roster the night after Wrestlemania and then Ronda leaves after Wrestlemania though Ronda leaves after Shayna beats her the next yes. couple pay-per-views I, yes. can't, I can't have Shayna coming up and losing straight away I think that's. No, too- I completely agree. I think that's a long way away for Shayna. I think her. I think she's done enough in NXT. She needs. I to- think she has, right? Sorry, to cut you off. But the problem now is, Shayna needs to lose a title clean to someone. No. Well, no, she doesn't because Asuka did, I- and Asuka should have. I think. I think. I think that was done because because of her injury, etc. But I think in an ideal world. You want you want to give someone that rub. I would like to see someone, and the problem is like, who is it going to be now? 
I think for a number of times we've always like we kind of oh it might be Bianca or it's not going to be Bianca right is it going to be who's who will be next who is it going to be Mia Yim no it's not going to be Mia could it be Candice no idea it wasn't um, Kyrie Sane so I think well, when she does eventually it was, it was at one point for Candice was and then Shayna went back I think I would rather Shayna drops it to someone as opposed to just forfeits it and goes up. Um, I know that kind of might some people might not like it but I just think just imagine if Shayna does hold it again for another six months like that moment of her losing it again is going to be pretty big but the problem well, is it who is it well okay the same logic Shayna loses that takeover Tampa yeah and yeah. it debuts yeah yeah I like it you, on both that. and that gives maybe, you six maybe months to so to build somebody up, whether it's Bianca or Casey or whoever it is, it gives you six months. Dakota Kai, wouldn't that be a nice little circle? No. No, I, I hate her too. <laughs> I hate her too, but still, that's because the whole bullying started with Dakota and Dakota ending it is a nice circle. I don't like her, but it's a nice circle. Yeah. The only thing the only thing I don't like in what Ryan said was that Becky holds the title for like another six months. I can't fucking watch that any longer. No, I think, I'm. I think I'm, I'm fine with it. As I, I don't like her either. You know, I, you could know I can't stand her. But I'm fine with it if she has somebody to work with of her ilk. See, the problem with That's, Becky has. Yeah, the problem with Becky has been she hasn't been working with people who are comparable to her. Sasha is comparable to her, and Sasha is a bad face talker, but a decent to good heel talker. I think she's a very I don't know who it was. was it, it was either one of you that one of you says that, oh no, I, don't, um, I wasn't happy with Sasha, or maybe it was Kyle that she never went back and took, like, was it, did she give the little girl in the crowd glasses or something? But she never went back and took it back off her. Um, like, that would have been just classic heel Sasha. Um, I don't know, I just don't see Sasha coming back and suddenly losing. And, and sorry, not winning titles like kind of almost straight away. Like, could you would imagine that has to be one of the things that she said when I do come back? I expect a title or a title. Yeah, I can see. I can see I, it happening soon. But I do agree with the whole Becky Lynch thing. I think her title reign kind of has been underwhelming, but purely because she hasn't been in the ring with someone who's quite on her level. And the first time it's someone. She gets on a, a pay-per-view to have a match with someone on her level. Natalia, I'm not saying Natalia was on her level, but Natalia was a competent wrestler. That it was, a, it was, a, it was a pretty fairly decent match. Part of me wonders if Becky will keep it because she's on the front cover of the video game thing. Possibly. Well, it's going to be an interesting rivalry. I will be looking forward to their eventual matchup, possibly Night of Champions. That'll be the next pay per view. Is that a few weeks? Five weeks. Five. Ah, uh, it should be. Most likely it will be. Plenty of time. But the other thing, um, King of the Ring was announced as well. Mm hmm. Are you ready? Are you ready to to serve at the altar of King Murphy? I've been saying that for a long something. time. I know it does. It does have to mean something. It's well. You know, I, the one thing that has me positive about it is that it's going to go all month and the finals are going to be crowned at Clash of Champions. So that 
gives me a little hope that this will mean something and it's not just putting something together for putting it together. Good, good. So who wins it? Oh, God knows. So, okay, so I'm going to tell you, like I said, on... I have uh, a serious I'm going to tell you, like I said, on Raw Reaction the other night. I'm going to tell you who should win, who I want to win, and who will win. Who should win is Baron Corbin because it fits the character. <laughs> who I want... <laughs> Who I want to win, of course, is is Buddy Murphy. But tell me that Kevin Owens winning this thing and having his Stone Cold King of the Ring moment with his promo isn't with, with him basically being Canadian Stone Cold right now wouldn't match. I think I think Kevin Owens wins this thing. See, that's where I I would like that. I would really like that. My final four, right? Owens. Mustafa Ali, Andrade, and Drew McIntyre. KO beats Andrade. Drew beats Mustafa Ali. Shane McMahon costs Kevin Owens, and Drew wins it. And oh. it prolongs that feud. Oh, please, oh. no. But where's the... You say no, but it's going to. It's going to go on. Um, but I'm confused. Where's Murphy. Um, he is carrying um, someone's bag. <laughs> he is in jail for attempted manslaughter of the big dog. <laughs> the big dog. Like I said, it has to mean something. Like I always say, it's like I will watch every single Battle Royal Royal Rumble just because I'm a mark for that type of match. But the reason why the WrestleMania ones kind of suck is because they don't mean anything. So I'm hoping at least I don't need to I'm I don't need like for this person to suddenly get appalled into the title picture, but at least elevate them potentially up the card or but just don't have them coming out in a fucking a robe and a in a in a in a crown. I don't want to see that. I just want them to see them being featured a little bit more and pushed, but I say it just has to mean something. Mm-hmm. But it should be a good month for wrestling. Yes, very much so. Looking forward to all these fresh matchups. Uh, anything else you guys want to add? Because the quiz of tonight is themed around our last topic. Oh, King of Ring? It is, yes. Anything else you want to say before we bring things to a close soon? Um. One one thing I'll just quickly still keep this short. Um, the G one was a fucking slog. <laughs> it was slow. Um, not because of the standard of the wrestling or anything. It was just because there was so much of it, and it's just it's a, it's, a, it's difficult to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. Especially like you say, the three of us we all work full time parents, you know. So you kind of need to try and fit it around all that. Um, I. I loved it. Um, the final, Abushi versus Jay White was, oh, that back. I think it might have been the best match of the tournament, but it wasn't my favourite match. Um, my favourite match was still Okada Tanahashi from night one. I've, I've given my reasons in previous podcasts why that was my favourite match, um, and it almost kind of touches into, um, like. Rancy's preference of like wrestling, like I was caught up in a whole entertainment kind of thing. I was caught up in a whole wow, two legends, two heels, two like two icons. Like it just felt like a big time match, as I said before. Um, 
Yeah. Um, G one was 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 awesome. Awesome. Shout out to and and can can so my one takeaway is this: Can we show some love for the fact that two men who almost died yes. both got physical this weekend? Edge and Shibata. That's amazing. Yes, because Shibata wasn't just like just a just a one move. Like he had several kind of he got moves beat down. Kind of as well. Yeah. So he got, like he got beat down, bro. He, yes. He was like, like what was it? Um, what was it? Ah, oh, it's not a hematoma. It was what was it? He had that was a subdural hematoma. That's what it was. Yes, yes. Uh, so, but on the basis of on the back of like like legit headbutting people, and it's like oh. Like, Clive, I don't know if you ever saw it, but uh-huh. it's it's kind of sickening to watch. Like, you hear the actual thud, and it's just... I don't know what he was thinking when he does when he done stuff like that, but yeah, like, that was shocking. And the Edge thing, like, see, as you're watching it, you're kind of like, is he about to do something? Because he, he didn't go towards the corner to get the mic or anything, and then all of a sudden he does it, and you're like, oh, shit. And, and I know, like... Some people might say that in, in terms of edge, like you, there's no. I for me, you can't hit a spear safely, considering where his injuries were. Like if it was like a, a leg issue or whatever, but his was the neck, and like at the end of the day, like you're still running in and kind of rubbing attack on someone and going to make some sort of contact with like the top of your shoulder, neck kind of area. So like that really stunned me. The whole edge thing, and, and let's say that what. We were talking about WhatsApp rants. It was like it leads you to believe that he could well have been cleared. He's about to get that Saudi bag. Yes, because there's no There's just no way. Okay, if he's not been cleared, not a chance. Watch this, Rick. Watch this, Rick. Hey, Clive, Mm -hmm. you got to watch Edge if he wrestles again in Saudi Arabia. A legend. You don't like the legends. Old timer taking up he, someone else's spot. Listen, listen. But he's your favourite wrestler. The very that's the very reason why I don't want to see him put his mobility no. on the line. Like it's not even Saudi Arabia. It's not even a legend coming back. That I'll be honest. I was remember Rance how you felt about Daniel Bryan returning. Mm-hmm. I felt like that. Exact same way for Edge. I don't. I didn't want to see that. I don't want to see it. He is one of my all-time favourites. And we saw with the likes of what happened to Page, one, one thing can happen and you're done for. He dealt with like temporary paralysis in his arms during matches towards the end. I'm not here. Like a hard, hard no. Please, Edge. Please don't do it. Mm-hmm. See, so, that's nice. But fuck that. I'm here for it. No, just I, I, I would be. I wouldn't be able to watch it. I would be too uncomfortable. Hey, I'm with you. I don't want to see him do it. But bro, that Saudi money long, bro. That I, Saudi yeah, money is like, long. We might not want him to do it, but if he's willing to do it, then I'm I might watch. So, I, I'm, I'm going to watch because I watch everything. I, but I don't yeah. want I don't want to see it. Like like live, I don't want to see it. Just, I just yeah. I'll watch depending on what he's about to do, um, or I might watch just purely because it is edge. Like I said, and I've always said when it comes to the Saudi shows, it's nothing about boycotting. It's just a case of. Is there anything that interests me on the show? And if it's not, I'm not even going to bother watching it. No, that, but for the Edge one, I'll, 
I'll probably will tune in. That made me uncomfortable and sad. I'm not going to lie to you. I well, look, you said it perfectly. Y'all remember my epic rants I had on Daniel Bryan coming back. Mm-hmm. I know genuinely how you feel. I do, my brother. I do. Edge, but to me, Edge always kind of kind of gives the impression that like he's he's not daft. He's aware of things and like he's not like it doesn't seem to me like a person is going to be like oh well. Obviously, there's a risk something could happen, but like for me, it was never. If he was given a proper green light by several different doctors, I think only then would he have ever returned. If there was any kind of doubt, I don't think he ever would have returned because, like I said, he's done so much after wrestling as well. So, mm. I don't know, there's always a risk and a danger, but, mm. you know, he must have had to have been given a green light. Please don't edge. <laughs> Right. Well, yeah, positivity, man. Come on, positivity, Sam. Yep. Let's uh, get some. Let's get the power of positivity and go with a, a a wee quiz time, shall we? Yep. It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. So this week, it's a wee. King of the Ring one, sorry I lost my bearings there, it's a King of the Ring quiz theme, sorry I'm very distracted right now trying to find the right page on Google Docs, it's not playing well with me tonight. So 10 questions, now there's, you may have noticed we've got a couple of Skype issues tonight so I might be a bit delayed with getting who the correct buzzer was and stuff so hopefully that doesn't happen, but uh, Rance what's your buzzer? So, uh, there's a certain wrestler who wrestles in Japan who seems to be hated by the booker, the owner, and the company. But nonetheless, he's still one of my favorite wrestlers. And that man's name is Naito Tetsuya. So, I'm going to go with Tranquilo. Okay. Ricky? I injured mine. Mine is now going to be let me in. Okay. Right, you ready? Yep. Number one, what was the main event of the 2002 King of the Ring pay-per-view? Let me in. Um, no, I'm sorry, Tranquilo. <laughs> bad, yeah. Are you try- trying to give him points? Uh, <laughs> it was Rockin' Brock. No, it was not. Oh, no, that was SummerSlam, but it... Well, I gave it away for you. There you go. Let me in. Ricky? Take off Triple H. Correct answer. Uh, number two. What was the name of the pay-per-view that replaced King of the Ring after it stopped to be my pay-per-view? And two, like, So the last King of the Ring pay-per-view was 2002. The following year in the same month was... I got a guess. Uh, Tranquilo. I don't even remember my damn buzzer. Tranquilo. Rance. Was it the Great American Bash change to the Bash? No, it wasn't. Ricky. Two thousand two. Um. What month was it normally? June. Was it always in? 
Nah, nah um, let me in. Um, uh, fully loaded. Both of you are incorrect. The answer was bad blood. Uh, it was in June? According to the old Wikipedia, yeah. Huh. Okay. Oh, by the way, Wikipedia, stop fucking asking me for money. <laughs> now, whenever you go to Wikipedia, it says at the top, would you like to get donate and give us some money? Like, no! Do you know, Bill, do you know what Wikipedia's saying? Oh, Ricky, stop asking me for wrestling quiz questions. <laughs> Wikipedia. I'd read it. Right. <laughs> uh, it'd be better than fucking Walt Culture's quiz and Walt Culture's fucking website. Oh, fuck Walt Culture with a big stick. <laughs> Remember, we used to be on it all the time. I know, I loved it, and now I despise it. Right, number three. Name the two wrestlers who have won King of the Ring one year and were then runners up the year after. Do I need to repeat the question? They won one year, and then the next year they were the runner up. Yes. So I can give you one. So Tranquilo, I'll give you one. Okay. Kurt Angle. Have you got another one? Oh, I gotta give. I gotta give the other one. Um, uh, I'm gonna take a shot in the dark and say Bret Hart. Incorrect, Ricky. Do you want the other point? If it's if you know it. So Kurt Angle was correct. Mm-hmm. He won in 2000, 2000 and 2001 was the match with uh, Shane. Yep. Um, I was going to say Boston, but I don't think so. Um, if it's who I think it is, who I was going to say before I said Brett, I'm going to be pissed off. Because I, I was going to say somebody else. So I've, it's either... I was gonna, I don't even know if it is Austin. Don't think so. Um, I have two in mind. Pick one. It's 11 o'clock. Pick one. <laughs> Did you see Randy Savage there? Yes. Correct answer. Well done. Was it? Oh, okay. Good, good job. Yeah, Look at good. you. So Look, my first one, my, my other one was I was going to say Owen Hart, but I don't even know if Owen ever won it. He did. Uh, uh, so, so two points to R- Ricky ahead of Rance with one. Now, this might have a certain advantage for one of the participants tonight, this question. How many British wrestlers have won King of the Ring? Oh, see, that's a trick question. I don't know what you're talking about. Tranquilo. Rance? One has, but it's regal. But one would think it's two. No, two. Two half. Two. Two half. Two. Two. The answer's two. If you were a Roman Roman soldier, you would actually be telling me five right now? (laughs) Yeah, that was the joke at the beginning of the show. But it's two, right? Yep, correct. Yes. Regal and Barry. Because the third the is Seamus. Uh, yes, and he's, and he's that's, not. That's, he's Irish. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well spotted. 
Um, See, I was hoping you wouldn't have remembered the Barrett one. Dog, it came to me last second, like I talked myself into it, because I really forgot it. Uh, so that's two points each. Which King of the Ring... Oh, sorry, Diego. Which, which King of the Ring had the, the famous electric chair stage? Which year? Oh, that's... Oh, Tranquilo. Rance? 2000, 2001. Correct. Oh, Rance is in that's, the lead. Well, that's that's my favourite match of all time, Shane and Kurt, yep. so yes. Uh, number six, we ready? Mm-hmm. Who did Ken Shamrock beat in 1998 to become King of the Ring? Let me in. Ricky? Rock. Correct. Three each. Oh, we've, we've got a nail biter on our hands here. Number seven. Now think carefully of the wording, please. How many times has a Canadian been King of the Ring? Like, legit Canadian or even kayfabe Canadian? They're not one and the same. Who would? No offence, but who would pretend to be Canadian? <laughs> right, I'm not meaning that. Tranquil- right, Rance? Tranquilo, it's four. Can, can, yes. Let can, me in. No, he's, he's right. He's right. Um, would you like to elaborate? Bret Hart won twice. Yep. Bret Hart twice. Owen Hart and Edge. Well done. I meant no offence whatsoever to Canadians, but what what would? I mean, your question was how many Canadians have won it. It wasn't the question, no. I said how many times. What has was a, the question? How many times has a Canadian? Ah, see, Canadian won it. The Canadian question's getting bad tonight. Uh, number eight. What was the main event of the nineteen ninety nine King of the Ring pay per view? Oh, okay. I got to guess. Tranquilo. Rance was it the the one on two handicap match between ah. Austin and Kane and Undertaker? No. Oh no, it was the other one. Oh, no. Ricky. <laughs> it was uh, Vince and Shane against Austin. It was. <laughs> Rance, you win this by. Your reaction there was my reaction when um, Roman Reigns kicked out of Buddy's Brain Buster last night. <gasps> <laughs> oh, I have brought shame to my house. Uh, Rob, oh. Rob, take tips. Rob, take tips. This is how you do it. Uh, so is that 4-3 to you, Ricky? Uh, I thought it was... Fi- oh, yeah, because we didn't get one. Yeah, it must be. N- number nine. Who was the runner-up in the 1991 King of the Ring? Oh fuck! <laughs> so no wonder they have not about the King of the Ring. Um. Oh fuck! <laughs> Go ahead, Rick. I'll go after you. <laughs> that was a year Brett won it the first year, wasn't it? Because he done ninety one and then ninety two, or did he do ninety and ninety one? Ninety one and ninety three. There wasn't one in ninety two. Shit. Shit. 
I'm a massive Bret Hart mark. You know this. He is the fucking. He is my my favorite, and he's a goat. So I what's know. Your, what's your answer? I know finals. I don't know in which order. Go for one. So guess one, and I'll I'll guess after you because I have a guess, but I don't want to say it because it's gonna be stupid. Oh my goodness. Um, right, let me in. Ricky. I believe it was Bray's father. It was. It was IRS. Oh, and the other one was Bam Bam. <laughs> Five, three. Rance. Right, so last one. It kinda doesn't matter, but we'll see it anyway. In order. So it can be first to last or last to first, but it has to be in order. Name the last four King of the Ring winners. Let me in. Ricky. Oh shit. Ha! Ha ha! Oh, I know there's three, but I don't know the oh. Right, so most recent we'll go Barrett, mm-hmm. then Seamus, then it was Billy Regal. King Billy. Oh, uh, who was before Regal? Was it Booger? Booger T? <laughs> Bastion Booger? I don't know, I said Booger. Was it Booger T? It was. Yes. That was this whole King Booker and Queen Charmelle nonsense. Oh, I despise that. Oh, I hated it. <laughs> oh, hell, King Booker. That was... 6-3, uh, though, that ended up. So, Rob, if you're listening, don't get don't get any help. <laughs> Technically, you know, you know what, you know what, Clive. Mm-hmm. This was this was a Happy Eid Mubarak, Mubarak gift to my brother. <laughs> Let him win. So Bob's not getting any gift. So it's going to be Rock versus John Cena all over again. The Rock versus John Cena. And Rob, 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 you're Brock Lesnar in this instance. Oh, Brock. Oh, I'm. Oh, I'm going to get squashed. Oh, nice. Okay, okay, I'm yeah. ready. You got me. You got me really. Now, see, losing gets me more into it. So now I'm into it. Uh, Rance, thank you for coming on tonight. Thank you for having me. Always. Would you like to plug your stuff? Um. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So you can uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh. It's Ray Cash. R- I was going to say something funny. I couldn't think of anything. Um, R-E-Y is a Mysterio. C-A-S-H as in dollars. You can find The Edge at Outsiders Edge CS. Chair Shot Radio at Chair Shot Radio. The Chair Shot at TheChairShot.com where you always use your head. Um, I'm doing Chair Shot Dailies this week. for Chair- Dailies for Chair Shot Radio. So Monday, uh, Monday we did TakeOver. Yesterday we did the G1. Tonight... We got a little special something for you. 
Uh, so yeah, check it out. Uh, listen, subscribe, rate, tweet, DM, carrier pigeon, write snail mail, whatever you want to do. <laughs> and uh, and most importantly, as my shirt says, listen to the best show on on the on the internet interwebs, the Ricky and Clive wrestling show with friends, aka with rants. <laughs> yep. If you squint. Oh, and by the way, tomorrow night outside of Zed, I believe it's a threesome. I hope again. I have had rumors that Carl is landing tonight from Uruguay, so we might have him. We might have him in studio for uh, a show tomorrow. So we'll see. Ricky, anything you'd like to add? Um, I don't think so. Well, as uh, no, as Rance implied, you can we are the Rick and Clive Wrestling Show. Maybe not the best show on the interweb, but we do we try our best. Hell, we're not even the best show on our network. That's true. <laughs> we might be the best show of our county. Oh, there's no, uh, we're the we're the best show in Scotland. There's no doubt about that. That's true. Uh, I don't know. There's a show. A little further down, no, I'm playing. Something. Uh, you can find us on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, where you find other shows such as One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, Grown Men Watch This Shit, All Things Elite, Danny's Chop Shop, and Get In The Ring. Please go to the podcast app of your choice and give us a nice big five-star review. Help out the algorithms and get us climbing up the charts. Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group is where you can find us all. If you go to socialsuplex.com, you will get all the podcasts and the columns whenever I get to write them, whenever the fucking network works. Uh, if you want, you can subscribe to them and get them sent directly to your email. Powerslam.tv is the, form, the platform where if you put in the promo code Social Suplex, you can get a whole month's worth free of 4,000 hours of independent wrestling from around the world. ProWrestlingTees.net Go to the Social Suplex page And you will find some t-shirts And we are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter Where you will get some breaking news Such as this, gentlemen See before you give out the breaking news Did you mention keeping it strong style? Uh huh Okay Just I felt you missed somebody out Don't know who Right anyway sorry Continue with breaking news uh, Jimmy and Jay have decided On a name change for their group, their tag team. Say that again, sorry? Jimmy and Jay. They've decided, mm-hmm. decided on a new name for their tag team. They'll be called the Boozos. Fuck's sake, that was terrible. That wasn't your best stuff, Clive. And the uh, their finishing move will be the... It's a tandem move, the Drunken Driver. That's even worse, bro. <laughs> I did. I warned you at the start. I warned you. You should have left it at the five joke, man. <laughs> that, that, that's not a wrestling one, though. That's okay. Well, you know what you could have said? You could have said that uh, that Sean Spears, since uh, now that WWE owns the copyright to the perfect tan, he does this now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, y'all Sean. didn't see that, but the Skype video, y'all, they saw it, so. Sean Spears. I'm sorry, as as Carl calls him, super mega popular heel, Sean Spears. 
What's that? For Friday You're cutting out again. I says I can't wait to hear Carl tomorrow night or on Friday morning. Look, bro, don't build yourself up because he'll no shot this bitch in a minute. Yep. Don't get your hopes up. Don't believe the hype. Right, thank you. Thank you for listening. No, you don't listen to this message, but anyway. Can you stop interrupting? Thank you. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Shut up. Right, I'm away. See you later. Night, night. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. See you next time.